Well, how do you sustain a business model in which users don't pay for your service? Senator, we run ads. That is a now infamous exchange between Senator Orrin Hatch and Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg this past spring on the Senate floor when the Facebook CEO definitely got raked over the coals for a few days by Congress, talking about everything from Cambridge Analytica scandal to Russia issues to everything you can imagine came up during hours and hours of testimony. Today, Nicole, we're going to put Facebook in our own spotlight and look at their roller coaster ride really since that day a few months ago. It hasn't been easy for them since April. Definitely not. But, you know, I think if you dig beneath the headlines a little bit, you'll see some trends that show that, you know, Facebook's doing some good things to try to get a handle on some of the ad fraud. And we'll go into all that and more today. So uh, what do you say? Let's get started. Let's do it. All right. So I'm Nicole Mears. I'm John Davis. And this is our podcast, Shape the Conversation. And we work with a great team here at Shape.io in Bend, Oregon. We love jobs at agencies to build software for digital advertising teams, and we'll be talking about working in marketing, growing Shape.io, Facebook today. Yeah, generally topics that touch on marketing and how businesses are looking at marketing today. We tend to focus on the digital aspect of that, so Google, Facebook are a big part of that. So news in Facebook and changes in Facebook really affect us and our customers. And honestly, I think every business out there needs to be pay attention to what Google and Facebook are doing because they're such a, a big part of companies' marketing strategies out there today. Absolutely. So as John mentioned, I mean, Facebook has been raked through the coals and the most recent kind of development is they lost $120 billion in one day, one single day. In market cap. In market cap. Yeah, not actual dollars went out the door. <laughs> Still, Zuckerberg's value took a big old hit. Fair enough. And full disclosure, I do have a humble holdings of Facebook stock. Nothing that's going to sway any markets, but I'm sure there's some you know, financial rule that you have to disclose when you own some shares. So I do have some shares in Facebook, but feel comfortable enough giving my unbiased opinion on all accounts here. So let's talk about it. Do you want to talk about the hit that they took, the why they took it? Do you want to talk about their development? Where, where are we going with this? Yeah, let's start Let's start with the hearing. Okay. Let, let's start with the kind of quote that, that we led with and talk about, similar to where we talked about Google, ads are at the core of Facebook's business. And a lot of the way they need to think about their business is how do we support the ecosystem around these ads so advertisers believe in these ads, businesses believe in the ads. And I think what I noticed as a big transition kind of through this period is that people now care just as much about kind of the PR of their ads and where their ads are appearing next to as they do the raw numbers and performance. I think digital marketing has swung a little bit too much to being a pure numbers game. And I think that has created a lot of advertisers to think really strongly about where they're placing their ads and is Facebook a viable source. And I think Facebook needs to take that very seriously as a company. And I think they have over the last few months. And I think, 
you could definitely argue they should have been on top of this much sooner. No doubt there. But they are taking steps and being transparent with the market about their steps. And I think the big drop that you mentioned really wasn't as much derived from those scandals as it was the news that revenue growth was slowing. Not not stopping or not dropping, but they're going to stop growing 20, 30, 40% year over year, and that's going to maybe drop into the teens or single digits. And that's what I think what you saw the market react to. Yeah, it definitely wasn't an advertising thing there. And, and in fact, in U.S. Canada has basically slowed. They've got no gain. And that's been the case for the last few years. A couple years. Yeah. Europe's actually declined. And then you see, I think it's they brand them Pacific Asia and the rest of the world are growing, but they're growing at a slower rate. So yeah, I think that really spooked investors. And it's interesting though, because it, it doesn't come from an ad play. It doesn't come from an ad perspective, that, that significant drop. But where are we going to regain that value? Right. I mean, and I think they already are gaining some of that value back. They've like, gained a little bit back since that initial hit. And I think if, you know, you look long term. So some of the stats from their Q2 reported earnings, revenues of $13.2 billion, That's up 42% year over year. I mean, that's a wildly big growth number for a company of their size. And when you're talking about a company bumping up against the sheer physics of number of humans on earth is one of their limiting factors to still see revenue growth like that is incredible. And I think that eventually investors will come back to. And I think they're also in a really tough spot. You know, they've, they need to get a handle on some of these bots and they have, and we've seen as somebody who works with them with their advertising API, them taking renewed interest in every company that has access to the data. But the market's not going to like when you report less accounts on your platform than more. It's still very driven by that daily active user metric and Twitter and Facebook are beholden to that stat. And I think it's interesting that you mentioned they've kind of slowed or even dropped in Europe because I Facebook's super savvy, right? I, I bet you they knew this before anybody else or before the market, and they went out there and made plays like WhatsApp, which is huge in Europe. I'd love to see Instagram numbers in Europe over the last few years. I'm yeah. sure they're up. Well, and everything I'm reading is saying, like, those are the new frontiers. That's where they have to go because there's – and I'm, I'm probably wildly off on these numbers, but there's 3.3 – billion internet users and i think facebook has 2.1 billion yeah and you know you you hear that using some of their one of their properties one of their properties yeah and any growth that they have like they've already tapped out those big markets of us and canada with a lot of kids or a lot of you know people our age everybody, or yeah. every, i mean everybody who has disposable income yeah. you're as you're growing the rest of you know that seven point whatever billion it is people now that's not going to be as profitable as a as a market as as what they've already achieved and so where where they're looking at is, is yeah, how do you monetize WhatsApp? How do you monetize Instagram? And is there a threshold of acceptable, you know, advertising that can be done? Because WhatsApp doesn't even have advertising to what I've understood right yeah, they, now. They, they, they have they a, pay a small amount a year to use WhatsApp. But yes. And there's something, though, I think they were, they were talking about a chat program where advertisers are now starting to pay to send direct messages to their users. And so, like, that's kind of the next frontier. Are we going to see more ads on Instagram, though, is that going to actually, over time, decrease usability? I, I don't know. Those are all the things that I think about when I think about this. 
Yeah. Where, where are they headed? How that, are they going to make more money? <laughs> yeah, that 42% year-over-year growth, one-third of that comes from Instagram. So they're really, really learning how to monetize that platform and usage on Instagram in a, in a real way. That's nuts. It's a lot of Instagram influencers and sponsored. Yeah, and I think it's interesting that you see them clearing out a lot of these bots and these fake accounts, but revenue's still up. Mm-hmm. So for me, I think that shows that these bots weren't a huge part of that ad ecosystem. I think ad fraud is definitely a part of all ad spend out there. I think the platforms are constantly trying to fight it. A lot of software out there trying to fight it, but it's tough to catch all bots and everybody creating a new account in that way. But the reality is they don't seem to be the one driving the real revenue gain or growth. As they're eliminating a lot of these bots, clicks aren't going down for ads. And that to me is the sign of a healthy ecosystem or at least a, a ecosystem that's improving and one that I think advertisers can feel confident that now at least more humans are going to be seeing your ad than, mm-hmm. than you know previously. Yeah, I think one of the things that Facebook's doing to really kind of focus on that growing that that usefulness or that that impact on businesses, local users. Yeah, beyond just the ads. Beyond the just the ads. ecosystem around the ads. Yeah, it, it, so a lot of what I was reading was saying that they're they're focusing on local business even more so now. So Facebook's always had a local business product and it's it's always been just best practice to have, you know, a Facebook page for your business. And hopefully you're engaged. I think there are millions of pages that never get touched. But they recently talked about how they are going to start putting more focus on making those pages really a hub of information and, and engagement central with these local businesses. And so they're going to try to start driving more engagement through there. Now, if you think about kind of the long play on that, you can look at Google's trajectory with their local business listings and how they become this, you know, obviously massive search engine trying to get people the most helpful information as quickly as possible. Now, is Facebook's play to get everyone to start even more so than they are right now going from to Facebook to look for that information, to get that useful kind of helpful information yeah. versus versus the business. But that's one thing that they can do to engage businesses, engage more people versus engaging or allowing bots to. Yeah. And one of the changes that kind of has sent ripples through the marketing world over the last few months is a newsfeed algorithm change that really limits the chances that a business's post is going to organically appear in somebody's feed. So previously, you followed a bunch of companies' business pages. They'd pop up in your feed pretty regularly. Now that reach is greatly diminished. You know, you're seeing publishers report traffic coming from Facebook is way down on those types of posts. And I, I think it's you see Facebook understanding maybe the best way for businesses to use these pages is to update essentially maps listing or or business listings with information they can leverage in other places of the app. So I see it referred to as they want business pages to be more about utility Mm, than than posting. You know, they want, okay, now we've got this, you know, database of all these restaurants that we can eventually serve to people that are searching for it. I mean, you've seen Facebook do very little in search. You know, you, you see their product people talk about there's not many places right directly on Facebook to discover a lot of new stuff that aren't popping up in your feed. That's a really interesting thought. I I didn't quite take it from that perspective, but if they 
I don't want to say force, but if they get businesses to offer up more information, not only can they take that and actually monetize it in some ways or use it to drive user engagement, but they can also potentially spin off whole entire new apps where they're going after, I don't want to say Yelp, but they're going after similar kind of ideas with that business information. Or like you said, they're, they're using that business information for a variety of data purposes that, you know, even we're not the product managers. We don't quite have the yeah. perspective in their heads quite yet. We'll yeah. see. But it, I, you see Zuckerberg say over and over again, like, we're trying to focus on making sure time spent on Facebook is time well spent. Mm-hmm. And that means potentially making these shifts like this, that more businesses were spamming these feeds than others. You know, people just weren't engaging with the type of content that was being put out there. All right. So we're talking about overall platform experience, keeping it from being spammy. One of the cool things I think Facebook is doing specifically with their ad side of it, because that's that's our jam, is testing out augmented reality and seeing how they can increase user engagement. And what they've found is they did a test with Michael Kors where you could actually try on sunglasses with a picture of you. And so you'd, you'd you know, kind of swipe through their different models, put it on. And they had 10 times the amount of engagement using this experience than they did without, which is nuts. They're doing the same thing. They have a video creation kit now where they're making it easier for businesses, local or big alike, to make videos by just uploading photos, images, videos, and then overlaying like logos or text. And again, they're seeing this this massive increase of engagement in both of those areas, video and AR, because people want that experience. Now, of course, my mind immediately goes to B2B application, right? Because that's yeah. definitely a very retail experience, the Michael Kors case study. But it's not there yet. doesn't look like I didn't see any great examples, but who knows? It's something that's fun to think about. Yeah. That is also going to be an interesting thing to see how Facebook handles in terms of being a tool for B2B companies. I would say for us as a B2B product, we don't see a lot of engagement on Facebook. We, even when we put a lot of effort into Facebook, people just aren't on their thinking business in a lot of circumstances. I think you see a lot of consumer products seeing more success on there, e-commerce products on there. That That's a whole other field that Facebook still could dive into. You know, think about some professional version of Facebook where they let you start fresh with a new profile and they you leverage their tech to build this new ecosystem. Now they have all this knowledge about companies. You can say, yeah, I work for this company. And since they put all this work into making sure the business pages were designed for utility with all this data, they, they now know all these things about the company you work for. Their scale gives them a lot of power and freedom. And I think taking a step back, looking at from a marketer's side, what do you have major concerns about Facebook in the future? Is it something where it's just table stakes? If you're putting together an advertising plan for a product, let's say even B2B, is there some consideration you're having there? Of course. I mean, I do, to some extent, I do think it's table stakes, no matter what. I think even if you're not like you said, regularly actively posting, or even if you're not one of those brands that has the budget, the wherewithal, the the big giant team to create these incredibly immersive experiences, you have to at least have a, a presence there. Because if people are just 
shouting at you on Facebook and you ignore everything, then that's going to look worse than than not. Now, from an advertising perspective, that's that's just a presence perspective. That's not an advertising perspective. It it's tough for me to answer that question because, yeah. like you said, we've had we've had mixed results. It tends to be, you know, when we we really try to go broad with our targeting, you know, and, and attract a lot of people. Now, it's still focused targeting, but it's when we try to go broad, we see a lot of engagement, but nothing really ever comes of it. And when we go super specific, we might get, you know, 100 eyeballs on it, but maybe we get, you know, a lead or two out of it. So it's, it's a balance for me. I, I never – I even struggle with – wanting to create these really great immersive giant campaigns that are awesome and fantastic but you know at the end of the day if you can't get any eyeballs on it or you can't get the right eyeballs on it then yeah it's like a lot of things in marketing sort of it it depends yeah the the universal answer it depends but if you're running a digital marketing company or looking to offer those types of services i'm imagine these last few months have been tough on you (laughs) thinking about people you know, hashtag delete Facebook, these types of movements, you know, I feel like just as many, you read so many articles that are like, people aren't on Facebook anymore, Facebook's dying, or or Facebook's uncool now. But then you look at the stats and the actual real world engagement, and it, it seems like Facebook's only becoming more of a fabric in society, only more of a part of the fabric of society and, and where we're going. And, their ability now to expand into different markets and to buy other larger companies and to experiment with things like AR and VR, they're going to, you know, affect your life whether you do have a Facebook account or not. Absolutely. And I think, I mean, it, it's still, again, I'm probably going to wildly misquote this number, but if something like, you know, people are still engaging with the app eight to 10 times a day, people are still, I think the, the percentage of people who actually deleted Facebook after that whole thing went down was tiny insignificant and my favorite and i think i've told this before too is i will tell people all the time when they get creeped out by ads how to how to stop doing it how to get them to stop targeting with that specific ad and rarely do people take that action and and why is because i also give them the disclaimer that if they stop or they really significantly reduce the amount of information that facebook or that a google has on them that that t- like targeted ad experience is beginning going to be so untargeted. So you might be a dude getting makeup, right? Ads or you know, yeah. I think that's the always the line that these platforms have really tried to walk. You know that line between weirding people out with some of the tracking and really what they what they know and leveraging what they know about you and. It's tough, you know, like are people willing to sacrifice that type of security to get less relevant ads? Like, yeah, I mean, that's probably, people are probably willing to have slightly less targeted ads. And I think that's something, at least on the display end, that I think marketers and advertisers should get used to. What draws me to platforms not Facebook like Google is that search aspect of it. It's very different from display advertising. It's much less susceptible to ad fraud. It's a lot more qualifiers go into a search and an ad click than I see an ad on Facebook, and I click that. And to me, that's the big uncharted territory that Facebook is yet to even go into is search. And I think that's a lot of these changes with business pages that I see are like, 
in my interpretation, the initial rumblings of Facebook starting to think about, hey, how can we get involved with search? They see Google and Amazon, they're playing for some big bucks on the search side. Facebook knows a lot about you and can potentially be a part of that discovery process and you see their product people even hinting about it. But does Facebook even want to take on an Amazon in search, even going to that arena? Like they're potentially positioned to you know, partner up with Amazon in a real way to take on Google for some product searches. Well, the question in my mind is is not if, because I think they will in some extent, is, is when and how do they make it a completely innovative and unique experience? Because I think just going up against Google search, like search for search, there's been so much behavior ingrained in us with Facebook being a, a social network that I don't think I would naturally... I think I'd bing something before I <laughs> Facebooked, you know, a local business. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe my I, I, that shifts. But I really want to see them, it, whether they do partner with Amazon or whether they do something completely different, is, is it it changed the game? Because they changed the game the first, you know, the first time around. Let's Yeah, and I would argue you see stats like searches that contain near me in them. Greatly increasing with frequency. Facebook's in a great position to answer a lot of those near me type queries and searches. And that's why... I think if you're an advertiser, you need to continue to think about how Facebook fits into your your media buying. And even for us, we found it not to be effective in the past. We're constantly thinking about it. Are there ways we can get back into it? Has some things changes that maybe make it, it does help for the us as a B2B. But if you're B2C, this is where people are spending their time. Mm-hmm. And... Facebook's only going to have more data to create different advertising experiences and even invent new ones in AR, VR, these types of things. And that's where there's been a lot of bad press and the stock has taken a hit and it's down. But if you look at the business fundamentals that kind of like old school financial people will look at, they're, they're pretty rock solid. Like their earnings per share are still pretty good. And here's, okay, here's another installment. We had the guess how many people work for Google on the Google episode. So here's Nicole's chance to guess. What are the current employee count of Facebook? Google's for reference was 89,000 employees as of Q2 2018. I'm scrunching my face trying to come up with the number here. Thinking really, really um, hard. Um, thirty-seven thousand two hundred and forty-one. Pretty good. Thirty thousand two hundred and seventy-five. Huh. And this number's up greatly from the people they've added to help, like manually check content and flag content. They've got a huge team of smart people still generating profits. They're going to weather this storm, I think, and they're going to come out the other side. And they have properties like Instagram that are disruptive products in their own right and would be one of the top five advertising behemoths in and of itself. So I think analyzing the last few months, where we've come since the testimony, what are the big few things you're kind of looking at from Facebook over over the next few months or do you have any predictions you think that are going to come out? Ooh, predictions. Um, I think, 
you know, I believe that there's going to be continued focus on on their not just privacy, but all of the that surrounding, you know, privacy, advertising, the amount of control, access, et cetera. I think there's still going to be hopefully a continued focus by consumers on that. And I think that'll push Facebook to do some really hopefully innovative things and things that are really good for their consumer. I absolutely believe that Facebook stock's going to rebound. I, you know, I, I don't think that's a, a question. It's it, it maybe not going to get up, you know, regain that $120 billion in the next year, but it'll get back there. And I, my other prediction is they are going to focus on doing some, they have to, really innovative stuff. Otherwise, well, because they have to, I mean, they have to look at how do they can continue to increase the revenue per user that they're getting. Mm-hmm. And that was a big stat in our Molly Meeker episode. We talked about how a few years ago, the average revenue per user for Facebook was around 16 to $18 a year. Today, it's almost $34 a year. Well, and it's interesting because I was almost going to say, you know, if they want to continue growing and if they want to continue building it. But here's the thing, like, they may be happy, not being stagnant, right? But like you said, they know that they're going to see declining user gains. They know that they're going to see declining. So maybe it's not the same growth play and massive value acquisition that they've had over the last however many years since they've been 2008, right? When I graduated, no, started college. Oh, geez. <laughs> I can't, what are the years? But maybe they, you know, maybe it's not such an aggressive play. Like maybe it is taking kind of like the, the Google play, like taking a really significant investment and looking at how do you create the, how do you create the extra big river? Yeah. The ecosystem that that feeds the ads. Yeah. And in looking at it in terms of where's this put Zuckerberg's focus, I'm a big Zuckerberg believer. I think he's the guy to lead the company. I think he has probably got distracted over the last few years and lost sight of a, a lot of data oversight <laughs> and data responsibility and what app developers got access to what. I think he let a lot of that go unchecked by him. I think this has kind of brought his focus back to it. And a real existential threat for his company is people losing faith in the platform, treating its users, you know, with some dignity and respect and not just as a another number of their whatever billions of users. I think it's probably going to mark a big evolution, but it might not. You know, like we it might be back here a year from now. And as long as revenues are up, like the market's going to continue to believe in it. And I think as long as they're offering something close to the experience they do today and they have 30,000 employees working to make that better every day. I've known people that have worked there. They're really smart people. They're going to be tough to unseat, especially when you see a company like Google who's basically thrown in the towel trying to go after the the social network aspect of um, day-to-day life. All right. So I think that's a good place to wrap it up. One thing that I wanted to leave you guys with, because I think it's actionable, not just from a privacy perspective, but also it's you can use it in your business uh, on a day-to-day aspect, is Facebook released what's called the Info and Ads tab. And that was around kind of not just Cambridge Analytica and the, the rush of scandal but i mean it's a huge value application there so you can now go look at any businesses ads that they're currently running well it has a fantastic business application because you can now go to all of your competitors and see what ads they're running and see how they're approaching their audiences and use that for yourself to create better ad experiences for your customers and also be aware they can do that to you too yes so i think again this is more accountability in advertising which is a good thing 
All right, so remember to rate, review, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Next week, we've got another interview with Julia Harrelson, who leads Cascade Angels of VC Fund here in Bend, Oregon. And until then, over and out. Thanks, guys. Mm-hmm.